0: is the title of this devotion. God's plan, it's what He had purposed within Himself. The Apostle Paul talks about according to His good will, He purposed and planned and so forth. Purpose is kind of like the Lord saying in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. So making man is part of his purpose in our image is part of his purpose. And he made them both male and female and blessed them. And you see God's purpose, his plan. And then in the next chapter, he takes from the dust and forms man and breathes into him the breath of life and man becomes a living being or a living soul. So you could see he purposes it and he does it. And he's purposed within himself. So how about today? When we are here and, you know, and you're living your life every day and and God comes to you by His Spirit to bring His purpose for your existence into reality in your life. And I want to show you from Romans chapter 8 here, starting at verse 28. We know, and you know the scripture, I love the scripture. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. The word purpose here is explained in my Bible. The word suggests a deliberate plan, a proposition, advanced plan, intention, a design, This word occurs 12 times in the New Testament. Prothesis is used, that's the Greek term, four times for the Levitical showbread, literally a bread of setting before. Most of the other usage point to God's eternal purpose relating to salvation. Our personal salvation was not only well-planned, but demonstrates God's abiding faithfulness as He awaits the consummation of His great plan for His church. So anyway, the word purpose here, I think, advanced plan, intention, advanced planning, right? An intended design. Okay, so... He says, God, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And then he explains the purpose in the next verse 29. For whom he foreknew, when he said, let's make man in our image, so he foreknew man in himself, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he foreknew, these he predestined. And whom he predestined, he called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And so forth. A beautiful part in the scripture here. So powerful, so rich. I have to stop or I'll get on. But listen, friends. God has a purpose for your life. One person one time came to me wondering about certain ways that the church may look at certain choices people make in their affections and she wondered about it and i don't know if she was coming with that with that pre-thinking that people have where they have already prejudged as they would say i don't know i didn't i didn't read that in her. She asked me about it, you know, and I said to her, I said, well, you know, God has a plan for all of our lives. Would you like to know the plan for your life that God has for you? And she said, no, I don't want to know. I said, well, how about then this? My name is Robert. I said, shake my hand. How about you and I become friends? And we'll take it from there. You see, Jesus became a friend of sinners. He extended the hand of friendship as an invitation for people to get to know Him, to discover the purpose God had for them. Jesus didn't just come to show us who God is in all that He is, says, and does. Because in all that Jesus is, says, and does, He shows Himself to be God but he came to also show us whom God planned and purposed for you and me to be. We often don't realize what God's purpose for our life really is. And you can say, did God purpose for me to be a singer? Did he purpose for me to be a mechanic? Did he purpose for me to be a doctor? Did he purpose? I would, I personally can give All of that to God, that God knows the end from the beginning. So it's like what Jeremiah, what the Lord said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I called you to become a prophet. I planned for you to become a prophet. And what we do in this life, in what vocation or what giftings we come, I agree, I believe these are graces within given within the womb. However, while these things are important and they are have a divine fingerprint on them where you could see God formed you in the womb of your mother. But I think it's most important for you to see that the fundamental purpose of your loving (laughs) Heavenly Father is to conform you to his image. So when you ask yourself, (coughs) excuse me, what does God have for me? What does God want from me? What is He looking for in my life? It is to transform you into His likeness. Those, it says here, whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Verse 29 of Romans 8. So this is what God's looking for in each and every one of our lives. And we put the cart, as they say, before the horse when we are more focused on just what we are to do in this life than who we are to be. I think who you are to be affects every part of your life. It sure affects me in what I am and what I do and how I relate to Virginia and how I relate to my children and my grandchildren, absolutely affects everything. How I relate to people, even people that cause me difficulty, it affects everything. Who I am affects what I do. And I believe it's so important that you know that God is first and foremost calling you to be conformed to the image of His Son. That is His great purpose for each and every one of us. Every one of us. And don't think that God has favorites. The Bible even says it. God does not have favorites. Don't think, well, God loves these people more than He loves me. Not possible, not possible. No, absolutely not. God loves us all the same. And I am so grateful for that. Yes, it is true that some have grown in the knowledge of that love, maybe in a way that others haven't yet. But the same God in His same nature as love, He is love, God is love is available to each and every one of us. And we all may express it in our own unique way, but it's the same God and the same love. And we're all baptized by one spirit into one body and by one spirit we all have access to the Father. No, friends, it is for you as much as for me or anybody else. And what you see of God's love in others should motivate you to to say, Father, I want more of you. I want more of you. How does God work it? It's right here in 2 Corinthians <coughs> chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's an ongoing continual work of His love to transform you into His likeness. And you do come, (coughs) excuse my cough, you do come to a point of growth in your life where you are motivated by the Holy Spirit and compelled by that transforming nature to say, when I act that way, When I talk that way, when I use that language, oh, oh, I don't feel good, it don't feel good. And why is that? Why doesn't it feel good anymore? Because it's contrary to your loving Heavenly Father's nature and character. It's contrary to His purpose for your life to be that way. It's not what your purpose to be. So you feel you're going the wrong direction when you act that way, talk that way, behave that way. And that is love compelling you to lay off that old nature of sin and to receive through Jesus Christ, that new nature of God. And yes, you come into a time in your life where you say, you know, everything that used to mean so much to me that I used to have to have to feel I am me, now I see, no, that wasn't God's purpose and plan for me at all. And I, I, I leave it now. And Paul says this most beautiful, and I'll read it to you from the Passion Translation. He said, you know, all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I have now forsaken them, and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know Him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing my boasting on the garbage heap and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap it's all like a pile of manure to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace Him as Lord in all of His greatness. You see, there's these times of spiritual growth that the Heavenly Father says, "Come on, come on. It's time to grow up. It's time to enter into your purpose in a fuller way, in a more experiential way. You you talk to me and you say, Lord, change me. Lord, perfect me. Lord, bring me into all that you've called me. You ask me. But then when I touch this part in your life and I say, come on, you allow this to so identify you, to so occupy your character and nature when that's not my purpose for you. way of being, that way of acting, that way of needing, having to have, having bad attitudes if you don't get it, it shades who you really are purposed and planned to be. It's like me dressing myself in a way that doesn't show my, who I am. I couldn't do it, you know, I have sometimes, somebody gave me something, I put it on, I, I I said to Virginia, honey, I can't wear this. It makes me feel so ridiculous. I, I, I just can't do it. And I know that's a silly example, but you see, you get into a place where you, you, you're you, enabled and empowered by the Spirit to pay the price to enter the full purpose of your person, the full purpose of your destiny, the full purpose of your calling. and. Often, friends, there can be such a battle going on in our lives for the purpose of God and the pleasure of the world, for the purpose of God and the pleasure of our own desires and self-will, and there can be such a battle between the two. And if you try to win that battle in your own strength, you'll fail, you'll fail, you'll fail, why? because you don't have the ability to be perfect in God's sight through self-effort, through self-development. No, my dear friends, it takes the embodiment of Jesus and His eternal Spirit by which you are being, as it's said there in, in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18, But you're being transformed into His likeness by His Spirit. It's the Lord <coughs> who works it in you. It's the Lord who will not fail to work it in you. You know, when I had these struggles so painfully, I still have them sometimes in different areas, but not like I used to. Oh, I used to struggle so painfully, and, 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 and oh, it was so painful, these struggles where the, the old nature wrestled against the new, and, and where I would struggle with that pain of failure because I couldn't do it, I couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. And I tried, I tried, and I couldn't do it. And this scripture, I'll close with it. In Psalm 138, verse 8, which is a beautiful Psalm of David. It's the last verse of Psalm 138, where he says, Lord, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Oh, how I prayed it and prayed it. Oh, Father, I trust you to perfect that which concerns me. Lord, your mercy endures forever. Do not abandon me to my self-will, to my own desires, to my own attitudes, to my own nature, Lord. Lord, keep perfecting me by your eternal spirit. I surrender by your spirit of grace. Transform me, Lord. Make me what I ought to be. Bring me into the fullness of the purpose that you are predestined me to. Oh, friends, pray it, believe it, and you'll see God will not fail to work it. Amen. Have a good day.